0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: That's what would happen as I was trying to do it in my own flesh, in my own strength. You know what God told me to do? Just quit. Cold turkey. The flesh dies hard. You got to starve it to death. You're not going to wean it. You're not going to like, let me give you a little bit, little bit, little. You're just going to stop. You're gonna go through whatever you gotta go through and you're gonna finally have a victory in Jesus' name. And so, whatever the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you about, purge not of your life. Obey Him. Obey Him today. Swift obedience.
0: Don't put off the things that God has told you to purge from your life. Today, you learn from Pastor Bill's message to have swift obedience if god has something that he has called you to get rid of get rid of it don't dance around and be passive about it be determined and disciplined to carry out what he's told you to pastor bill explains that swift obedience is honoring to the lord whatever you hear from the lord you want to be quick in responding to his voice listen to the lord and quickly obey him now here's pastor bill in the book of second corinthians chapter 10 as he continues his message how to fight
1: there's nothing like the Word of God, you guys. It's a, this is a, this this book right here is different than any other book in the world. In that it's living, it's living, it's supernatural. It can't lie. The things that God has revealed and spoken in it are supernatural. God through this book feeds the it feeds the hungry soul. God through this book, in this book are the words of eternal life, showing you and I how to be saved showing me how to war, showing me how to live. I don't know how to be a a dad, someone might say. I didn't have a dad. I don't know how to be a dad. Word of God will tell me how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a husband. The Word of God will show me how to be a husband. I don't know how to overcome this thing right here. Everything I need to walk and live before God is in here. And so it's why as believers, we want to spend time in it. I find it, 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 it trips me out that, you know, most of those that have false beliefs or other religions, they know their book. But believers don't know our book. Most Christians have never read the Bible, Genesis, to Revelation. They be saying 40 years. Well, you know, that book right there is still stuck together because, you know, it's probably not that important, you know, whatever. If it's in this book, it's something in there for you. And so um, as we for you guys that are doing the Bible reading with us, you know, every day day, I'm telling you there's something in there. There's some nugget. There's some there's something to take away from it. And so I continue to encourage you to, to spend that time, make that. Make that commitment, that sacrifice to do that daily. So um, back to, oh, and the last thing in Ephesians 6, said, uh, it said, um, and praying always. Prayer is a critical component in the spiritual battle, the spiritual war. Prayer is our communication with the Lord. And it's one of the things that, it's one of the ways that, that we're called to engage in the battle. We can pray. I can cry out to the Lord about things that are going on. I can ask God for wisdom when I don't know what to do. When I'm weak, I can cry out for strength everything i need is available through god and prayer is how i cry out for the things that i need and so as believers we need to develop prayer lives and not just some some people are they have a good they got like a 911 relationship with the lord you know how often you call 911 on your phones only when you need it only in emergencies you know i don't call i never pick up my phone and dial 911 it's not a regular thing you know now that can't be my relationship with the, God is not he's good for that too he's available for the nine one one. but I gotta have an ongoing I gotta love relationship with the Lord it should be an ongoing that should be he should be the top number on the speed dial spiritually speaking well we cry out to him we speak to him we're developing you know that that ability to pray and to know even knowing how to pray you know prayer is not a difficult thing for you guys that may battle with that you know you don't have to pray to God and Elizabeth lizard be it in English, Lord, thou, the are greatest and the highest above all if all. You know, you don't have to. You came from somewhere where they pray like that. You don't have to. God knows the things that you need even before you ask him. You pray and you, God, I'm talking to my, my heavenly father. We should be reverent when we come before the Lord. You know, you don't want to be wasting words or making up stuff, but you can pray simple prayers. God, just you're sharing. You're speaking to the Lord. You're talking to him. Everybody here wants to get good at that. There are other ways of praying, praying in the spirit, praying, you know, praying in tongues. There's we want to be healthy and develop in our prayer life with the Lord. It's a part of the spiritual war, the spiritual battle. And if you're weak in prayer, it's, you know, Jesus said to the people that as he was encouraging his disciples, he said, when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door and pray. And what do he say? Your father who sees in secret will award you openly says there'll be evidence in your public life that you have a prayer life. But you realize you can't fake that. Whatever whatever evidence is God's gonna show forth in your public life that there's a private prayer life, he says it will be evident, right? I'll show up in a public way in your life if you put in that time in private, however He will, right? He doesn't tell us how. Um, but I also believe that if there's no private prayer life, that'll show up in your public life too. And, and you may struggle more than you need to and you may be weaker than you should be if you were crying out to the Lord. So we want to be faithful in prayer. And so those are the weapons of our warfare. And the last part of uh, verse, you know, uh, verse four, um, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it says, but they're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. Our weapons are powerful. They're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. That might be in your own life. There would be strongholds and battles and things that you're like, man, I need that pulled down it might be people that you're praying for. You're interceding for them. You see strongholds in their life. What can you do for the person in your life that you love, that is in bondage, that is wrapped up? You pray. Prayer is powerful. It's a powerful thing. You pray and you intercede and you pray on their behalf that God would God would intervene. Now, I'll tell you this. You don't tell God what to do. You just pray for them. Um, I've had people, that say, God, I want you to help them. But I want you to not hurt them too bad, but just do a little bit, just enough to give them a chance. You know, you, you're telling God all of you. Just pray. God, I know it's your will that they be delivered of that. I have no idea. I've talked to them. I can't I, I, I can't get through. I pray that you would intervene in whatever way you want. Lord, you're powerful. You know all things. You love them more than I'm capable of loving them. Would you intervene? You pray for people. You, know you leave it in God's hands. God's going to do what God's going to do. I've known people that pray for people and the people they pray for end up in jail. And then they're like, "God, get them out of jail. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This might be the answer to prayer. This is the first time they've been clean for five years. You know, like maybe you've been praying that God will get them off the drugs and now they're in jail and they can't get none. You know, now, you know, you, you wouldn't go and say, I pray that God put you in jail. You know, I've, I've been praying for you. I'm still praying for you, Lord. Continue to work on them while they're there. You know, bring a Bible study. You know, mail them a Bible, whatever. You just pray, God. You do what you want. God knows what people need. Amen. Amen. All right. So then, verse five. Now, where does the battle take place? Right? Spiritual. I mean, physical battles take place. You know, spiritual. You know, physical wars happen in the battlefield. You know, there are going to be battles that happen in, in in a physical realm. Where does the spiritual battle take place? I believe the battleground is primarily in the mind. And so, look at verse five. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so it's it's a it's in our minds, right? There's a bad the battleground for the believers is in our minds. And God says, "Look, first, casting down every argument, right? Every argument and." every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, there can be arguments coming from the world in which we live, coming from our society. There can be arguments against God's word, God's will that comes from our own thinking. There to be times where, you know, God's word said to do this, but I, you know, I got an argument in my mind that says something different right now. You know, uh, I'm a husband. God's word says husband's Love your wife like Christ loved the church, you know, and gave himself for her. Now, you could have in your mind at some point husbands where you're like, no, right now I need to I need to do something different. No, you cast down that argument and that high thing exalting itself against the knowledge of God and you love your wife. That's what God's word says to do. And the husband said, That was weak. That was weak. Y'all don't be in trouble tonight. All right. And the husband said, All right, say it like you mean it. All right, so. You know, we cast down arguments, these things that exalt themselves against God. And it can come up. It can come in any area. It might be in other relationships. It might be it may be something through work. It might be some other thing where, you know, your mind may tell you that if I let them get away with that, people are going to walk all over me. I'm going to get taken advantage of. And God says, now cast down that argument and that high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you just obey me. Let me worry about that. Let me worry about whether you're going to get walked on or not. Maybe you are going to get walked on. Jesus got walked on. Jesus gets walked on. Maybe you're going to get walked on. There's no, I don't have a scripture that says, you know, God's going to keep me from getting walked on. And so maybe I will be, but I'll be getting walked on in the name of the Lord, right? Cast down every argument, everything that disagrees with God. Once again, we're living in a day and age where even within the, the realm of the church, people are seeking to, Bend God towards the, the, the direction that the world is going in in different areas. And it's like, you can't do that. Those are arguments that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. God has made his will clear. You know, Clint, you know, he says that every time he does the announcement about the married couples, you know, he's hey married couples a man and a wife and a woman and her husband, you know, and, and it's and the people chuckle, but isn't it sad that we gotta say that? You know, because we could have somebody here that's like, oh, they can't go. But we, we, You know, I might have her and her show up or him and him show up. We live in a time where there are segments of the church that have said, that's OK. God's OK with that. That They should come. They should. That's fine. You know, there was a pastor in Atlanta and some man pastor. And instead of a first lady, he had a first gentleman. I looked at that and I thought, how do they even have members? How do they even have? I have no idea. But. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God that goes against the knowledge of God. God is so clear about these things. We live in that time. We live in that era. We live in that space in the world. And so we got to be true to what God says. Amen? Amen. And we'll live in a world where it'll continually change and the ideas will change and all those sort of things. But God said, look, the things that go against what I've said, you cast that down. Now, that might be in your own mind, though. That, say, it's easy to do with outside issues. What about when I want to do something that's different from what God says? I got to cast down that argument, too. Right. There might be things that, you know, in your heart. God wants me to do this. And I'm like, no, but I can't. Maybe I'm going to mess up. Maybe it's not going to go well. Maybe you got your own doubts and fears and those arguments that come up in your mind. God said, <laughs> You got to cast down those arguments and thoughts and obey God. Do what God tells you to do. So casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and I'm bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. God said, "Bring your thoughts. You make your thoughts obey Christ." Anybody here have some ungodly thoughts ever? Anybody think ungodly thoughts? Right. All of us. If you think, you think ungodly thoughts. You know, that's just, it's a part of this life. I have ungodly thoughts all the time. I love God. But I have them, they come, my natural, I live in my flesh. My natural inclination many times is I have thoughts that they don't agree with what God's word says. Somebody cut me off in my thought.
0: <laughs> now,
1: I could go with that thought, you know, or I could cast down that thought, you know, you know, it. <laughs> If I go with that thought y'all might be I might be start, starting a prison ministry Clinton be here next week you know but we're pastor Bill pray for Pastor Bill he he didn't cast down that thought you know you you have that option everybody here does you're gonna have natural thinking you're gonna have things come up things are gonna pop up in your life where my natural bent my first thought is this but after further consideration a couple moments of prayer. Reconsidering what God's word says, like that's that's not no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. So, casting down arguments and, and and every high thing, and bringing our thoughts into captivity and making them obedient to Christ. God's not telling you to make your thoughts obey Christ, and and then not empowering you to do it. He's telling you, you make your thoughts obey me. Um, but there's also His power to help us to do it, and so. That's a choice that we make, that the battle is taking place in my mind, whether I'm going to do it or not. Everybody here knows what it's like to think about doing the wrong thing and commit to your flesh to do it anyway. Who's ever done that? Raise your hand. Every hand should be up. Both of you all hands should be up. You put your feet up too. some of y'all. Because so, it, it always happens in the mind. I. Most of us that are Christian and got any word in us at all. We know I know I'm doing the wrong thing. I know this is not the right thing right now. And God would say, so in those moments, you make them thoughts obedience. Don't go with that. You bring it back down. Now, this is also something that is a battle for those that are more emotional. Um, some of us are wired and put together in more of an emotional way than other people. Um, everybody should know that your emotions are an extension of your flesh. There's nothing spiritual about your emotions. They can be strong, emotions can be powerful. Um, you know, this there, there, prison is full of people that emotions made them do it. And then the afterwards, they were like, I shouldn't have did that. But in that moment, you know, my emotions took me there, whatever. So they're powerful and they have to be put in their place. You got to know that my your emotions, my emotions, they're fleshly. Now, you may have good emotions. You may have bad emotions, but you can't go off of your emotion. If you're emotional, you need to be more mindful that, you know what? I need to I need to be slow to respond. If you know that you're emotional, you know, I need to take a day to pray before I do because I I know that I tend to be emotional. In my life, there are times where I know that if I'm upset about something, my my default setting is I'm going to take some days because I find that if I wait long enough, if I wait long enough, sometimes it'll subside and God's like, I don't want you to do nothing. I just want you to eat that. There are times where I wait long enough and pray and God's like, now I want you to do something. And you waited long enough to kind of you know, guarantee that whatever I'm doing is not fleshly. I'm not I'm not reacting to something in the moment, but I've taken time to pray and God's moving me to do something. I'm spirit led to say something or to do something. I feel better about that. But if I acted off of everything that I did on the fly, I'll be making some mistakes. I many times have looked at what my knee jerk thought was and then what God said to do after time of prayer and how vastly different the two were. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so much so that it's scary. I looked at my initial thought, and when I first thought it, it made great sense. This looked like a good way to go. And a day or two of prayer, I look back at that thing like, that is that's so different from what God said. And I'm like, God, am I that bad? Am I that carnal? Am I that fleshly? And, it's, and it, So for me, it's like, but you just can't respond like that. Can't do it, you know? Everybody here needs to know that about themselves. If you know that you're more emotional, you're, you need to be responsible for that. That's your flesh. Put it in check. Let the spirit be above the flesh. Don't let the flesh run your life. And you know, some people, they know they're emotional and that becomes, it could be, well, that's how I am. No, you gotta, you're, you're responsible for that. You're responsible for how you manage your emotions. A lot of things come out of emotion. Anger, so because emotions can be good and bad. Some people are emotional and they can be, they cry and they love and they can be kind. They stab you, you know, same emotion, you know, it's just <laughs> same power, all that stuff is, is strong. You can't be led by it. Amen? Amen. So our thoughts need to be brought into captivity and made obedient to Christ. We're all responsible for that. Verse 6, last verse, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so while we learn in verse 5, the battleground is the mind. Verse 6, there's a victory in obedience. And And he says, here I was looking at this, being ready to punish all disobedience. The idea there is that we're you know, if people don't like that, that, that sounds rough. Punish? Oh, this to punish myself? I don't punish myself, you know? But the idea is that we're going to purge out disobedience from my life. That's something we need to purge out. If, if the stuff that I realize is not right, I, it needs to be purged from my life. And so for those of us that would come week by week and send them the word and God would show us that, hey, this thing that you're doing, this lifestyle choice, this behavior, this attitude, this activity or whatever that God is saying, I don't, that's not what I want for you. I need to be willing to purge that out of my life. God, I need to repent of that. I'm going to begin to pray for strength in that. Maybe I'm going to speak to people to be made accountable for that. But I want to get a victory over that thing right there. That needs to go out of my life. And for um, some, I know this is the case for me when I first got saved. When I, early on in my walk with the Lord, there were so many things that God had changed right up front that I gave an allowance to myself in in a couple of areas. I, and I was I was judging the new me by the old me. And so the new me, I was like, look, I don't drink anymore. I don't don't live with a girl that's not my wife no more. I'm doing so good that this thing right here, I'm like, God, come on. You know, take everything from me. You know, like (laughs) this thing right here didn't seem so bad compared to what I used to be. And I realized this about the devil, right? If you're a fisherman, how many hooks do you need in a fish's mouth to catch that fish? One. Now I go fishing with my son. He'll put three hooks on the line. I'm like, you're only going to get one fish, buddy. You know, one hook per one fish. Satan don't need me to be an alcoholic, fornicator, you know, liar, drug dealer. He just, can I have one area? Can you leave me one door open? If you're a good thief, a good thief, right? You just need, I see one crack. You don't have to leave all your windows open at home. Just that one. Just that, I just need that one window left crack. You don't have to leave all your doors unlocked in your car. Just that one that Junior got out of. That's the one I need right there. You just need one opening. Say so you don't need 20 ways to get into your life. Leave a, leave an area of life unchecked. Leave it open. Leave it unsubmitted to God. That's all he needs to wreck you, ruin you, and really squelch out the potential that Christ had put in you. And so when he says here that we're going to punish disobedience, and when I find the areas of my life that are disobedient, they need to be punished, purged, removed, out of my life. That's calling, That's a call to repentance. Don't accept it. Don't get comfortable in it. Don't find excuses for it. Don't come saying, you know well, I'm just human. It's a, it's a lot of things that believers do to kind of uh, give way to, to stay in failure. I'm just human. You know, I'm doing better than I used to do. I did that for a long time so it's going to take a long time. Y'all know that all that's bogus. People repent in a day. Zacchaeus had been ripping folk off for years and how long did it take him to stop a moment, one meal with Jesus. I repent. He went back and gave money back to folks he was ripping off. He repented in the day. is said, "Well, Lord, I'm gonna cut back. I'm gonna not rip them off. I'm not gonna take four times. What they all oh, gonna take just two times." He repented. It was done. Understand that that the potential to do that is in each one of us. God granted to us. We have the ability to repent, but the battle happens in my mind. I have to choose to repent. And I can't listen to the lies in my mind and say, "Well, you know, it's gonna be difficult. I've been doing that a long time. It's gonna take this. It's gonna take this. Got to do it." You know, I tried to do that with alcohol. You know, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna kind of wean myself off because that made sense to my mind. I never weaned myself successfully off alcohol. You know, I'm gonna cut back from a forty to a tall can. But guess what happens after a tall can? I'm gonna get a twenty-two. At two twenty-two, that's forty-four. That's more than a forty. I done messed up. You know, we start adding up the numbers that's what would happen as i was trying to do it in my own flesh in my own strength you know what god told me to do Just quit, cold turkey the flesh dies hard you gotta starve it to death and you're not gonna wean it you're not gonna like let me give you a little bit little bit little you're gonna stop you're gonna go through whatever you got to go through and you're gonna finally have a victory in jesus name and so whatever the holy spirit would be speaking to you about purge not of your life obey him Obey him today. Swift obedience. Amen? Amen. So as we conclude today, in verse three, we learned that the nature of the war is spiritual. It's not carnal. It's not a physical war. It's a spiritual war. In verse four, we learned the weapons, because the war is spiritual, the weapons are not carnal, but they're spiritual weapons. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And verse five, we learned that the battleground is in the mind. And it's in the mind where I need to choose and obey and have victory. Uh, the battle begins and ends and my mind is fleshed out in my life afterwards. And in verse six, we learned that there is ultimate victory that comes through obedience in our lives. And so um, three things that I would give us um, just as a way to apply what we learned today. One, I would encourage everybody to be to be devoted to your both our devotional life in the word and our congregational time in the word, both hearing and obeying your personal time in the word every day. Be devoted to that. Be committed to that. Be faithful to that. Your time in fellowship at a church, be faithful to that. Don't be hit or miss. Don't be a once a monther, right? If we go into a book, don't have gone through half of every book we went through. Go through every book, go through it. You know, that means you got to be here regularly. And there's many opportunities Sunday morning, twice, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, we invite you to those things, right? Number two, let's be available and faithful in both personal and congregational prayer. Um, you want to turn it up in your personal prayer life. And, um, Anybody that battles with, how do, I, how do I have a faithful, good prayer life? I would love to walk through that. If you guys join us when we do our, our all church prayer on March 31st, we're going to go over some of that. Um, as we pray as a congregation, we're also going to encourage you guys in your personal prayer life, things that you guys can go home and do on a regular basis. We were trying to figure out when we could finally put up the needs of the church, the, the things that we've done, the things we're going to do. We come up that the, the appropriate time to do that will be at our all church prayer because we want to pray about those things. So we'll also deal with that when we're there, the needs that we have in house. And then lastly, we want to encourage you guys to stand together in unity as a church that we be able to stand with one another. Realizing that we're all in different battles. Since I'm in a battle, Dre's in a battle, you know, Paul's in a battle, then they I can't be part of their battle. I can't be adding to Dre's battle and adding to Paul's battle. I want to be standing with my brothers that we can stand for each other, pray with one another, fellowship with each other. That's why it's always broken and always messed up when people in church are at war with each other. So if you got beef with anybody here. Settle it today. Go say sorry. Go say I forgive you. Kiss him on the forehead and pray for him and be done with it. Don't be a part of that. We need to stand with and be unified with one another. We need each other.
0: 2 Corinthians is a book that circles back to some things that were hit on in 1 Corinthians. There had been some sin within the church in between the first letter and this letter. The Corinthians had dealt with the sin and were moving past that, working toward unity and forgiveness. This is something that's easier said than done. The hard work is addressing sin, but sometimes the hard work that's required after that is choosing to forgive. Once the sin issue has been resolved, this is the best way for relationships to move forward after having a rift. Are any of these topics something that you can relate to in your life? Pointing out areas of sin, working at forgiving, and striving for unity? Of course they are, you're human we like to come alongside you and be a support in these areas that you might be currently addressing. Would you text or call us and share where you are in the process? Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We'd be happy to listen and pray with you through these things. If you're in the area, it would be so great to meet you in person. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you'd like more info, go to calvaryinglewood.org for our location and directions. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you in the days that we're living in. Join us again on A Transforming Word.